kill it. Wolfman's got nards! Nobody trusts anybody now. Come on, you hey! You wanna live forever? Now what? But no matter what happens, Godzilla will live. And welcome back to the 70th episode of the Monster Movie Stomp Down. You got your host Sludge here, a co-host across from me. It's Mark. Our brother from Texas. Ruben. And we've got a good one in store for you guys. Since this is a surprise episode, we decided to drop on you all because we know we promoted the Godzilla King of the Monsters and the Pumpkinhead. We thought it would be fun to drop a third surprise episode for the Halloween season, as well as a few other things. The movie we picked for this one is The Black Cat, uh, 1934. Uh, we'll break it down here in a second, but since you're getting this today as a special episode, there's many other things happening. If you've not seen already, the Monster Movie Stomp Down group, Facebook group page is now running. So please go join that. It's going to be very much like um, our friends uh, and giving back my action movies, horror movies, their groups. So it's going to be a community to where we can all talk about different monster movies and things like that. It's going to be tons of fun, very interactive. We'll be posting daily. So make sure and go over and join the group. Also, you'll see with the release of that and on the Sludgecast main page is we are doing monster movies, stomp down monster cards, celebrating the uh, Halloween season and leading up to our Halloween episode. Every day, you will see a new monster movie, stomp down monster card get released. And of course, these are going to be big enough for you to use as wallpapers or whatever you'd like. But something fun we thought would be cool to do for you all and to kind of give back a little bit more than just the shows themselves. Um, so big special day for us over here at Monster Movie Stomp Down with a lot going out. So definitely go check out the group join the group talk to us be interactive and enjoy the monster movie stomp down monster cards again we'll release one every day this week leading up to halloween for our big halloween episode which mark picked and it is none other than pumpkin head and i'm not gonna lie i've already watched pumpkin head twice so <laughs> and we don't even record it till uh next you know next week you know after you guys hear this and uh i'm, I'm pumped that was a big childhood favorite of mine but this time around for this episode, we're talking about the Black Cat. And it's going to be a little different from uh, for us because we are a monster movie show. That's all we do is monsters. And there's no normal monsters in this film. The monsters in this film are human monsters. And that is portrayed by Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. And the reason why we picked this is because I have been... I've been ranting and raving on this film for a while to you two, haven't I? Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, like to me, this is uh, this is a movie. I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, but it captivates me every time. And because before Godzilla versus Kong, you know, this year or 1962, uh, before you know Freddy versus Jason, before Rocky versus Drago, you know, there was <laughs> Karloff versus Lugosi. This was to yeah. me the the epitome of seeing to the two biggest names. Now this was the first of actually like six or eight films that they did together for, uh, for universal um, starting with 1934, the release of this movie uh, where you got to see those two on screen, but this was the best one in my opinion. These two uh, play counterpart to each other. Uh, one, uh, you know, one protagonist, one antagonist, one, you know, good guy, bad guy um, in a psychological horror, because this was the kickoff for universal and, and other companies, um, that got real deep into, especially with the advancement of music and film, to do psychological horror films. We saw a slew of them coming out after this. This was the one that kicked it off, and to me, I still think this is the best of them all. Um, but it is a phenomenal uh, movie all in itself. Because again, Lugosi and Karloff on screen are freaking phenomenal. And we'll, t we'll talk about that. But it came out in May 1934. It was actually the highest grossing movie of the year. Uh, for Universal Pictures, and of course, Carl Limley Jr. I said that right that time, right, Ruben? Limley, Limley. We're always, yeah. always talking about. It. I can yeah. get his name right. Uh, another one movie he produced because I mean he was the horror producer for them back then. It is very, very loosely based off of the Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Um, he gets yeah. a writer's credit in it, like a like a based on, but it it really even shouldn't be there because it's very far from that movie. Um, directed by yeah. Edgar Ulmer, um, of course, starring Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi. The rest of the cast doesn't freaking matter, and we'll tell you why here in a minute because it does not matter. Oh, so, yeah. um, did really, really good. Um, and so we're going to jump in that uh, here in just a second. First, we want you to see the trailer. Oh, 
ever hear of Satanism, the worship of the devil, of evil? Approaching it, the great modern priest of the ancient cult. And tonight, dark of the moon, the rites of Lucifer are celebrated. And if I'm not mistaken, he intends you to play a part in that ritual. A very important part. Where is my wife, Karen, and my daughter? Karen? Well, what do you mean? Where is she? This is Charlie with Give Me Back My Action Movies. And Dan. Join us every two weeks as we dive into the classic action movies of the 80s and 90s. That's right, Charlie. But we also take a look at some of the current films out there that still has those nostalgic feels for us. Exactly. So make sure you find us on all your major podcasting platforms. And check us out over on Facebook. We have a group where the conversation's always going 24-7. We're having a good time. I think so. I'll be back. Welcome to Good Beer, Bad Movie Night, where each month we drink finely crafted brews while watching terrible films in order to see just how drunk you have to get to enjoy them. So tune in and join Troy. Kill more <laughs> Oh, that was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Dave. I have the weirdest And Pete. IPAs are ales, meaning they are bottom fermented. Excuse me, they are top fermented. I f- that up. <laughs> Try that again. <laughs> As we drag Kathleen, Hear me. kicking and screaming through an alcohol-fueled podcast dedicated to movies of questionable quality and the frosty adult beverages that help make them tolerable. Good beer, bad movie night. Clearly, it's the beer's fault. All right, and that was the trailer for The Black Cat, and of course we had to show some love for all of our friends out there in the podcasting network that we uh, um, are part of and love. I mean, uh, Pete, Jimmy, Charlie, Dan... Nate, uh, Cameron, all of them. Um, you know, if you're listening to us, go check out their shows. You'll absolutely love everything. There's more shows coming up in the future um, that I don't know if I'm at liberty to say, but because I don't want Dan to yell at me from Ohio. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you, you know, I just got done doing an episode um, with them, which if I remember the date right, you guys will hear next week um, for their Halloween episode on the action movie uh, uh, podcast. And, uh, I was kind of disappointed, Dan. I'm gonna call you out. Like his rating Ooh. for the for the upcoming movie, I was, I was not happy with. You know, but it's so it's okay. You know, I, I love him and his radio voice, so I'll yeah. let it slide one time and one time only. <laughs> uh, but definitely check out their episode uh, next week for their Halloween special. Uh, great movie. Um, you guys are definitely gonna enjoy it. And then at this point, you should have already checked out uh, Charlie and Dan's, or I'm sorry. Uh, Charlie and Nate's um, horror movie episode, uh, which is uber, uber, uber ooey gooey, probably the most ooey gooey film on earth. Um, so check it out as well. Uh, but let's jump into it, man. The Black Cat. 
Again, 1934, highest grossing movie of the year for Universal, kicked off a slew of psychological horror, and you got to see the kings, the original kings of horror, Bela Lugosi yep. and Boris Karloff go toe-to-toe in this movie. And a quick rundown of the movie. Uh, for this is you got Boris Karloff who plays um, a character named uh, Hjalmar Polzig. Um, and then Bela Lugosi plays Dr. Vitas Wardegast. Um, yeah, Wardegast. Um, and the movie starts off with a couple who are kind of just movie fodder, honestly, to keep it moving. Um, uh, Peter and Joan uh, Allison. They're a newlywed couple. And and then Peter's a writer and they're traveling to uh, Gomos over in, there in Hungary is where the movie takes place. And they're on a train, and they realize, oh, their tickets or something's messed up, and so they got to share uh, the, their 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 box seat uh, with Bela Lugosi's character, Doctor Vetus. And Doctor Vetus lets him know that he's actually on his way to see an old friend from the war, because you've come to find out that Doctor Vetus was actually kept prison. He was a prisoner of war for 15 years in a prison called Calgal, um, which was like the way he describes it was like the worst of worst prisons, just pure darkness the whole time. And uh, as they uh, depart from the train, they actually share a, a like a mini bus together, and they're driving towards um, Doctor Vitus's friends Hjalmar's home. Uh, and Polzeg's home is actually built on a, um, a like a war castle during the war, where they killed prisoners and you know kept a lot of weaponry, guns and turrets and things like that. He actually kept it, or went back to it and built his home there. And uh, as they're on their way, the bus actually flips, crashes, kills the driver out of nowhere. And since they're so close, they carry um, um, Joan. Uh, she's, she's, <laughs> again, these characters don't matter other than when it comes to, to Vetus and Hallmark. You're proving that point. Yeah, yeah. you're proving that um, point. They right have there. to carry Joan um, up to uh, Hallmark's home. Um, and uh, Dr. Vetus tends to her. And, of course, Hallmark lets them in this home um and from the get-go Vetus lets homer homer know he's there because he had a wife before the war and a daughter and he has found out that homer has taken his wife and daughter and he wants to find out where they are and find them again uh he's heard that uh homer ended up marrying his wife and so he's there kind of seeking revenge you know, he tells him there's a one, several one on ones. I don't he, think it's kind of. That's why. Yeah, he's that's there. why he. Yeah, <laughs> that is why he's there. Uh, yeah, there's no no bones reason. about it. Nope, no if ands or buts. But while this kind of starts, Homer sees Joan, and then uh, something seems afoot because there seems to be some type of attraction there. And as the movie unravels, you find out that Homer is actually like the head priest for a, a cult of Satanists over in Hungary. And you find out that in the basement level or the or the original castle level of this fortress that he's built his home on from the war are dozens of girls, dead girls, who have been embalmed and encased in glass. And they were all part of a satanic ritual as sacrifices from Hjalmar. And you find out Hjalmar tells Vetus uh, that his wife died of pneumonia and so did his daughter, which was a we find out is a major lie that Hjalmar actually killed um Vetus's wife and you're uh, seeing a woman in Helmer's bedroom at the beginning of the movie where he tells him to stay in the room and not come out and that's very key towards the end of the film so as this is going on and you start to see this game as they call it because Vetus straight up confronts Helmer and says I, this is why I'm here I'm not going to kill you he tells him, I'm going to kill your soul slowly. Yes. I mean, yes. it is <laughs> gloves are off the moment he walks through the door and he just knows it. Well, then Helmer says, well, let's wait until it's just us. Let's play this game, but let's wait till it's just you and me and no one else is here. Uh, but what else unfolding is, is the Helmer, as you find out, is the head of the Satanist group. He wants to use Joan as the next sacrifice. And Vetus becomes aware of this, and now on top of the revenge he wants to take, he also has to save the Allison couple in the process. Now, of course, the movie's called The Black Cat, and you're like, why is it called The Black Cat? It's because there's a black cat in this uh, home that is owned uh, by Helmer because of the occult issues that he has. And there's a depiction when you first see it that uh, Dr. Vetus, who's actually a psychiatrist, world-renowned psychiatrist, um, Somehow he managed to do that in three years after becoming a prisoner of war, but he did it. Um, 
who cares because this acting is amazing. Um, he is actually ha- has a phobia of cats. And when you first see the black cat, he throws a knife at it. Actually, there's two <laughs> cats. He kills the first one. No. With the knife. No, he didn't. No. Yeah. That's hey, the same cat. I'll check it. Check it. Because I'm pretty it. sure it's the same cat. Because it does. Yeah. It says he kills it, but then all of a sudden you see the cat again. Because Hjalmar because, makes... Because in the book, now in the book, he does kill a cat and then gets him, gets him another one. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, I think that yeah, in the yeah, poem, that's okay. what you're thinking yeah. about. Yeah, because yeah, I was thinking in the, in the movie, <clears throat> we're kind of getting off. Yeah, the, the movie, I think the um, black cat in the is basically the only thing about Edgar Allan Poe's deal. Yeah, well, because so, he talked about the theory, he makes a comment about yeah, um, yeah, the yeah. nine lives because of the cat. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, is it, it may be implied that there's two cats there. I mean, is there two cats? Uh, okay. Are we checking? I'm on checking. It? Yeah, and it's. Are we? Are we? Are we fact checking that? Check it. Oh, there. It, Facebook. It does say he can't he carry <laughs> a second black cat uh, around the really? house while he oversees his collection of dead women. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. So, okay. You see, I thought it was the I same too, cat in the movie. I thought it was the um, same. So, anyways, but so there, there's more than one cat or one cat, you know, black cat in this. Oh yeah. Doesn't oh, play yeah. a huge role other than the one scene in the movie itself. Yes. Other than Hjalmar carrying around a black cat the rest of the film. Um, so Vetus finds out and realizes that Hjalmar's wanting to sacrifice Joan and he has to stop it from happening. And it boils down to once Joan's better, he confronts Hjalmar about it. Hjalmar's like, let's play a game of chess. If you win, I'll let him go. If I win, I'm killing her. And so they play this game of chess, and as this goes on, Peter, the husband, starts to find out what's going on, and, and Vitas kind of alludes to to what's happening. So he tries to call a hotel to try and get them out of there as the game's going on, but to no avail. They can't escape. They can't get out. And Hjalmar ends up beating Vitas. So Vitas has to play the game. He's playing, and of course, the whole time they're playing this game with each other. So he has to play along, and they take Joan down, and all these people show up to have this sacrifice ritual to kill Joan. And at the last moment, Vetus plays his, you know, his trump card and saves Joan, him and his uh, um, servant, who's been playing heel the whole time. Think You're thinking he's working for Helmer because he tells him to. You know, until the time's right, you serve him, not me. And then when the moment happens, the both of them get Joan out. They get her out and, and escape. They end up... Um, capturing helmer the end of this movie is absolutely phenomenally epic uh peter is uh, is rushing down into the catacombs of the you know this castle area to try and get to joan they get joan out but then they capture helmer at the same time and in the climax of the movie vetus belagosi takes uh and hangs helmer up on the embalming device he uses to embalm these women and he tells you know he tells him it's like what's it feel like to be on the where you embalm these women at and he goes have you ever seen an animal be skinned alive because that's what i'm going to do to you and then you proceed to see what is one of the most epic scenes it's talked about it the scene itself was rated number 68 in bravo's most scariest moments is the skinning scene yeah. you don't see it you hear it you hear karloff screaming but you see the shadow sequence yeah, say, of, yeah, of the you using the blade and skinning him alive. And that's how he ends up killing Hjalmar or almost kills Hjalmar. And as right after he finishes that, uh, Peter makes it down. He's like, and he sees Joan tells her to get the key. Cause the door he's at is locked. Dr. Vetus goes over to try and help her get the key. And Peter, not knowing shoots Dr. Vetus. And he tells Vetus tells Peter, you fool. I was here to help go get out of here. Leave. You've yeah. got to leave. And he get Joan out, and he ends up standing up and walks over to this big electrical control panel, and he looks back at Hjalmar and says, it's the red button that ignites the dynamite, right? You know. And so he flips it, and he's like, so we've got this much time. And one of the last things he says to him is, it's been a great game. Yeah. And then the whole place explodes. I mean, th- that movie, <laughs> dude, this movie Yo. is where it is at. Um, I'm going to rant on this for a minute, so I'm going to let one of you guys go first. Well, I, I think that, you know, and the key to that second cat is that uh, when Vetus sees the black cat, he loses it. He becomes Every time. E- a- immobile. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, that's why yeah. he's carrying that second cat around, and it keeps Vetus at, at bay. Protect yeah. yourself. And, and he can't attack Yeah. Him. But go ahead, Ruben. You can start it off. Okay. Uh, well, this movie is great. This movie 
from start to well, now, I real quick, from start to finish. Almost the whole movie. This was both of your all's first time viewing this, right? Yes, yes, my first time. Okay, no, I've, yeah, seen it okay. I've seen it once. Yeah. Time. Okay. yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it once before. Um, this movie, almost from beginning to end, makes you feel uncomfortable watching it. It gives you a sense the way they did it with the music, with the background oh, music. Rude, I'm and, so sorry. Oh, I, I totally forgot the key point in the synopsis. We got to start talking about the climax at the end. What sets Vetus off at the end finally is the woman in the bedroom you yes. find out is actually his daughter. Yes. And instead of him getting to save his daughter, yeah. sets him off. Off. Calmer yeah. kills her. Right. Not in the ritual, just flat out kills her, and he finds the body, and that's when everything flips. Yes. Yep. That's when he loses it. See, so to me, to me, that's when he decides, I don't know if he was going to skin him alive to begin with, but I think at that moment, he goes, you know what? This dude's going to suffer. For what he just did, because he finds her, he finds yep. her body down there, and then he loses it. And says, and that's when he puts him up in that embalming deal and starts skinning him alive. To me, that's what set him off, and I was going to get to that, but you're right that that's that's a major point in the plot. I mean, why he loses it? Well, when he goes down there, um, uh, he's thinking she's alive because Joan has just told him she's yeah, alive, yeah. and and when he yeah. goes down there, she, she's alive. He's already killed her. You see, but I think she, I think she lied to him. I don't think she trusted him all the way because in one scene she finds her and she says, "No, your your dad's alive," yeah. you know. And then she goes over to the other room, and then he goes over there, and then you hear her scream, like she, like he killed her right yeah. then and there. Yeah, I think because it's, everything yeah, was. I don't exposed. know that Joan knew that. Right? that that's what had happened. Yeah. But the, we, you don't I think don't Joan knew that. that? I, I, you see, when I when I saw it, I'm like, well, I don't know if she's lying to him or not. Just to save her skin, right. you know, she knows she has to get out of there somehow. But um, back to to that, um, this movie, there's not very many movies that make me feel, um, give me that. And I love it, by the way. I want a movie that gives me a sense of dread. I want to be scared for wherever character is, what's around the corner or what's about to happen to them. That's. That to me is the key to an excellent horror movie, a psychological horror movie. I guess is what what I like. So this movie, from beginning to end, with the background music, that's almost throughout the whole movie, you've got you've got that little soundtrack in the background, you know, going. And uh, Lugosi and Karloff just they just hit it out of the park because they're just it's so funny that you can tell they con- they have contempt. There's a contempt there, but they're all gentlemen-like about it through the, almost the whole movie until the end when he finally loses it. But Ben Lugosi is a gentleman about it. He goes, well, you know, when you were in charge of this fort, you know, many people died. And he just kind of says it matter-of-factly, you know, like, eh, yeah, you know. Just, just as a reminder. But you know, the, just as a reminder, a lot of people died because of you, and it's all your fault. And Carlos like, yeah, so what? You know, so people died. So who cares? And uh, I just thought that whole movie just made me feel like I told you, sense of dread, uncomfortable, I guess would be the word. It makes me feel uncomfortable throughout the whole movie because you never know the the way the acting was done and everything is you just never know what's going to happen next. You think, you know, and then uh, something else happens and it's just done so precisely. Um down to the the black cats which i didn't know there was two so i learned something from mark today i thought there was only one i thought he threw a knife at him and missed but now thinking back well he threw the knife and they don't show the cat no you know what i'm yeah. saying they don't show the cat get stabbed but they're but but and jones i don't even yeah, remember Joan. and See, Joan, again, Joan. Like we're telling you guys these other characters like, don't oh matter. my god why did you do that <laughs> yeah well i and i think uh, why did you do yeah, that why did you, and they, they talk about yeah, go ahead murdering the cat or killing yeah yeah the jones cat. that's something why'd you, yeah, you kill a cat? cat yeah why'd you kill the yeah. cat okay see so i missed that completely because i'm so i was so focused on uh before we started recording tristan said you know you just get in, entranced by this movie when you watch it right you yeah. said that and uh i think the reason is because lugosi and karloff you don't want to miss a thing that they're doing because it might be an important part of the plot and then you might yeah miss yeah so you, you're just so into it because you're watching what they're doing and, and and it's 
truly a human game of chess. The whole, you know, yeah, they play chess, but the whole thing is just, is just strategy, you know, down to his servant saying, okay, well, hold on, you know, not yet, you know, because there's one scene where a servant takes out the knife and he's ready to do the deed and finish it off yep. right there, right in the middle of the movie. He takes his knife out of his sleeve and he goes, no, no, not yet. Hold on, I've got a plan. Well, yeah, and it's, and it's and even, like, wow, his, even Vetus' servant who attacks Peter when Vetus is trying to save him, but yeah. he knows this is what I got to do to play the game, to get to the end point, to the end yeah, game of this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He says, no, you know, and he even tells Joan, he goes, look, my servant, because that's why she thinks that, that she, he, she's on, he's on the wrong side because her, his servant's the one that knocks yeah. him out, you know, you know, and she, you know, and all that. So I'm like, wow, man, this is just, and it's not a regular rotation. So it's not like, you know, I've only seen it once before. And I want to say it was on one of those shows like Svengoolie mm-hmm. or something. But even this might be a little bit too much for Svengoolie. There's not much to make fun of in this movie. Um, but I know I saw it in some kind of show like that. And it, that was it. That was the only time I saw it. It doesn't show up on, you know, uh, on regular rotation anywhere. So all in all, this movie is top notch, especially if you're a horror buff, because uh, it's a horror movie, but everything that you that that's horrifying about it is presumed, I guess would mm-hmm. be the right word. You like the skinning scene. You don't see him skinned alive. Like you would in a, you know, let's say Dario and Gento would have directed this movie. You would have seen him skinned alive and it would have been, it would have been quite perplexing to see it. But uh, the way this was done is everything that was done. The killing of the cat was off screen. Um, the killing of, uh, the daughter was off screen. You never saw that happen, but yet all those, all those actions gave you that sense of dread. And, uh, it made you feel for the couple, like, man, are they going to make it out of this? Because they may not, this may take a twist, even though most of the movies back then, you know, you always had a happy ending some way, somehow. Um, but in this movie, the only happy ending is the couple escapes. That's it. I mean, the daughter doesn't survive. You find out the wife is dead. You find out, you know, you know everybody dies in the end but two people. Um, because even the servant gets shot. Yeah. Yep. The servant gets shot, you know. And um, so this movie from beginning to end, it just gave me a sense of dread. And it's, it's truly a great horror movie. But I will say that, that with horror, people have different definitions of horror. You know, I don't need to see blood spurting out of a, you know, a jug. You know, I don't need to see blood spurting out of a jugular. I don't need to see gore for it to be a good horror movie for me. I'm, I, you know, I, to me, it's more about the feeling it gives you, and it's more about um, uh, how it's directed. Directing is very important to me in a horror movie because if it's directed just right, it's awesome. Yeah, it doesn't have to be gory. Uh, I always point to the original Halloween. The original Halloween was directed so great, written so great. And there's gore in it, but it's not anything outrageous compared to what you have nowadays, like Saw and, right. and uh, you know, all these other movies. But it was done in a way that was just, just perfectly directed, and, and it still gave you that sense of dread. And uh, a lot of that has to do with the soundtrack. I mean, Halloween wouldn't be nearly as scary if it wasn't for that soundtrack. This movie wouldn't be nearly as scary if it wasn't for that soundtrack in the background, kind of just kind of just nudging yeah. you along to this movie. Because this movie's only a little bit over an hour long, but it felt like two hours to me watching this movie. It just felt like this was going on. This torture was going on. Oh, yeah. Forever. It's meticulous. But, you know, and it's uh, deep. You know, yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, all in all, I really don't have any negatives about this movie just uh, whatsoever. Um, my stop rating is basically based on the fact that there are other movies that are more iconic. If those movies are missing, this might have got a higher stop rating from me. But that's how much I like this movie. It's it's great. There's really no weakness, especially if you're a hor- if you're a horror fan, a true horror fan, not a gore fan or a ghost story fan, a horror fan in general. You'll love this movie. Um, I don't think it has any faults in it at all. That, that's it, man. I hope I. Oh, uh, one other thing. I don't know if any guys noticed. 
John Carradine makes an appearance in this. Movie. I did not notice did that. Not. As the organ player. As the that organ player. Was him. He's the organ okay, player. Yeah. It's on credit. On credit. So as I saw him, I said, "Man, you know, to me, he's part of that Universal monster um, uh, mythos. Right. You know, he is, and he does. You know, he's in there. Uh, yeah, he's he's uncredited, but he's the, he's the organ player. He's a Satanist <laughs> organ player, and that's it. But uh, <laughs> but." Uh, this movie just I just like the way it did it. You know, like a lot of people will probably hate on me for this, but um yeah, of course it's grown old, but like I loved Blair Witch because everything was off screen and it was all up to your imagination yeah. that was scaring you. If you ever seen the original Blair Witch, it was all your imagination. There was nothing scary about that movie. They left it all to your imagination. And that's the kind of movies that they that I like. I like the kind of movies that let you let your imagination run wild with you. Um Another movie that kind of does that, that's kind of like a very disturbing movie for me, is like Hereditary. That one was a disturbing movie that kind of made me feel kind of uneasy watching. Um, and this movie does that. So, and there's very few movies that do that for me. Um, so, but, you know, my definition of horror is very different than others. You know, the others, the more blood, the better. Um, but not for me. For me, I, I want to be scared. I want to feel uncomfortable watching it. And, you know, if I was watching it in a theater, I would want to walk out of that theater and looking behind my car and make sure there's nobody back there, you know, kind of check stuff. That's how I want to walk out seat. of a yeah. horror yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Check the back seat. That's the kind of, that's what, that's what, man, that's what yeah. res my motor, man. I want to be able to, to do that. And very few movies do that. But, uh, this one is one of them, you know, um, it's, it's very, it's a very good horror movie. Well, that's it, man. You know, that's all and, I got, and, guys. And I think. Especially like uh, the older movies that you don't have the blood and guts that the acting yeah. makes it really yeah. really makes it and it makes you look in the back seat makes you look you know because you when you walk out you're going oh man this thing is just you know imagine if I was <laughs> yeah. here imagine if I was in that position what would I do and you know then it really really yeah. gets you thinking I think the movie was. I mean, just uh, just imagine going to your car, getting your back seat, and you see Boris Karloff's face <laughs> yeah, in, <this> movie. Yeah. <laughs> in the back seat. It would, it would be good. I, I think the movie, it, uh, yeah. for me, first time seeing it, you know, you know, and and I wasn't aware of the the musical score and how they did it in in the beginning and how important um, it played for future movies uh, with the soundtracks. Oh yeah, and, uh, uh, and so I think that was. You know, and I told uh, I told Chase when I uh, got here tonight, I was like, you know, that was some some crazy. Some of that music was kind of crazy on on that going with the scene, but but yeah. thinking back and and just thinking on it, you know, it's 1934, you know, uh, and they're yeah. they're just starting this stuff, getting this going. Uh, I think overall, it was a great soundtrack. It kept it kept the movie going, yeah. and it really really did. I thought. Yeah, I, I read somewhere that this was one of the first movies to employ that technique where there's music yeah. throughout, not just in the beginning yeah. and, and the I, end. And, and it worked. So, and, it, and it worked good, I thought. Uh, it did. You know, uh, the acting, Lugosi and Karloff, I mean, good lordy. I mean, it just, I mean on it, it just doesn't yeah, stop. You can't beat they, that. They're intense, and just about every scene they're in together is just, you're, you're just glued to it. Just yeah, glued there's an intensity. And, yeah. and, and I think that was... Uh, to me, that what really got me throughout this movie, and and I'm watching it plus everything going on, you know, with work and all that stuff. I miss like the last ten minutes of this movie when when I watch it, and I'm like, you know, I I pull up and I I'm out in the driveway uh, here, and I'm not even letting anybody know I'm here yet. I'm out here watching. I'm finishing this movie off. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm finishing like, oh, up man. the movie. Yeah. Because you know, it's so intense. <clears throat> and uh, you know, and the whole thing, the whole script, the the storyline, everything I think is is just ph phenomenal. And and it keeps you glued yeah. to the screen. And and uh, and I think that's what's amazing about the movie. And I'm with you. There's no negatives. No negatives all in the movie. Yeah. And I think that uh, overall, especially for the time period, uh, man, they hit it and they, they hit it good. And I, and I yeah. try to think back, you know, it, it, what people that went to the movie theaters to see this movie, oh, yeah. you know, what, oh back yeah. Then. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, to me, 
uh, yeah. they were probably just scared to death. Yeah, because I mean, it was pre-code. It, it, that was oh, yeah. pre-code. Oh, yeah, it definitely was. And, and so, uh, yeah. to me, uh, a, a big thumbs up. And, uh, and and I know this is, you know, you're over here and you keep looking at me biting at the bit. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I, I love this <laughs> I, know, I can see it. I can He's see like, it through okay. there. Yeah, you can't you wait to tear into this. Time now, Mark, oh, man. I am ready to take off. <laughs> but, you know, and, and I think in, in our stomp ratings, we'll, sh- we'll show it, that th- this was a movie that that changed the path of movie making, especially when it comes to a psychological horror oh, movies and that time. stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this one was oh, a yeah, groundbreaker, I would call it. Yeah. And where uh, Hollywood would go and Universal Pictures would go. Uh, in just about every everybody, so yeah, I'm gonna give it to you now, man. man I'm, I'm gonna I, let you I, have I it, mean, dude. And, and you were right. I mean, this this, this movie set the stage for psychological horror. One thing's there's a documentary that came out years ago. It's an absolutely amazing documentary. I think it's the best documentary when it comes to not just. I mean, it's about horror movies, but just movies. Period. It's called Nightmares in Red, White, and Blue, and it's. I mean, it's got everybody's in it. I mean, they, John Carpenter's in it. George Romero, Mick Garris. Larry Cohen, I mean, all the top horror dogs are in this movie, and they talk. They break down horror in America um, from the you know the twenties on, um, and Lance Henriksen narrates the documentary. But at one point in the movie or in the documentary, Lance talks about Boris Karloff in particular, and he said that one of the things that Boris um, realized in his movies, especially some particular movie I can't remember what it was, but I remember he said that that Boris realized that traditional monsters like he would play and Lugosi would play could not compete with the real monsters in America. And he's talking about, you know, wartime and things like the, you know, the psychological part. So for, for Karloff, yeah. yeah, he played Frankenstein, you know what I mean? And he, and he played monster characters to him, the true monsters, the true horror was this type of film, these type of characters, oh, yeah. you know? And so I, that, that's always stuck with me. And, you know, when I go back and watch him, like, man, yeah, Karloff knew, I mean, this was what real monsters were. Uh, a French, um, or a British critic, Philip French, actually stated that this this movie um, was an utter, utterly irrational masterpiece that had images that buried themselves with you forever. And I don't think that could be more true yeah. of a quote for this movie or, or a critic for this movie, because I remember watching this movie, I may have been 19, 20, around the time when I, when I was really digging into more classic horror that i'd never seen especially from the 30s and 40s and some 50s and when i found this one man i mean this movie just stuck with me well and i think you know you look at what just like it stuck with you there are different lines and what was what was your favorite <laughs> line in the movie uh this was a good game yeah but in, yeah. The, in the movie he talks about um uh supernatural baloney Right, and yep. then and then Vetus says, "Oh yeah, supernatural, perhaps baloney, perhaps not. not." That goes on to be uh, used in a uh, in a in the sixties. The monkeys, the group of the monkeys, they use yeah. they use that That's line right. in a movie. Oh, um, okay, yeah. Uh, Sinbad mm-hmm. in the nineties, the comedian, mm-hmm. he uses that in his show, and I think there was a couple other ones that that I saw that something from nineteen thirty four. All these, you know, it's oh yeah, still all these years relevant and, and today. And, and this movie's full of it. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, from the word go, and you talk about uneasy and the things that are kind of left to the imagination. It's not like I mean, yeah, that that final scene, the skinning scene at the end, is to me. I think and I was telling my wife this earlier when she was asking me about the movie because we're, we're recording it tonight. I said that's probably to me maybe that that is one of the biggest. That's in the top five easy greatest movie moments especially horror movies i'm like i put that up there with the chestburster scene from alien yeah you know what i mean like it's just yeah. that impactful and while it's as amazing as it is i mean and it, it, it that scene alone was ranked in bravo's top 100 scariest moments movie moments um the movie's been on other uh top 100 lists because of that moment that's not the only moment in the movie like that you know what i mean there's more moment more moments where it's no. like you don't know you think you know like you know the, when, when he kills Venus's yeah. daughter, you know, like Ruben, like he was he's like, you, you, you weren't sure. Did he really kill her? Did he not kill her? Yeah. Then all of a sudden you see the body like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Yeah. You know, what I mean, like there's so many moments of just dread and and, and, and yeah, un, it's very uncomfortable because when you first see 
when you first see Helmer wake up or get up from the bed when they arrived at his house, there's a woman yeah, on the bed. Yeah. And at first you're like, is she dead? Because this movie hits yeah. some necrophilia type stuff in, 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 right. in subtle ways. And you're like, is she dead? And but then all of a sudden you, you remember, oh, yeah, the wife. Is that his wife? You know, when I first watched this, I thought that. Oh, yeah, that's that who was, I thought was. Yeah, first. it was Venus's yeah. wife. But then all of a sudden when you find out that was his daughter. So not only did he marry the mom. Vetus's wife, he kills her, then marries her daughter, and then kills her. I'm like, how much more of a monster could you oh, have yeah. on screen? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, this movie is very yeah. uncomfortable. And for being 1934, they were lucky it was pre-code era because there's no way they would have made this movie when the coding hit. You know, they're in the, in the 40s, whatever. They would no. not, especially that skinning scene, even though yeah. it's all shadow, they would not have allowed that on screen, on, on film. Um, you know, this movie's just, I'm with Ruben, you said it perfectly. Like it's, 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 it's uncomfortable and every, and it, and it's, it's relentless. I mean, it, it is an hour long, but it seems longer because of Karloff and Lugosi. Yeah. They are so good that they just suck you into this movie and every, you know, scene that may be a minute and a half in that scene before it cuts the next one that turns to 10 because you are in enveloped right in what's going on especially those two because yeah they play with such a vernacular yeah. and they're so not almost nonchalant gentlemen like ruben said about it they know i mean from the from the very beginning vetus does not hold anything back i'm going to kill you and it, and so so much so it's like you know i'm going to kill your soul slowly yeah. oh yeah well, and hyalmer's just like whatever man Bring it, okay? Yeah. I mean, it's this, and it becomes yeah. this game, yeah. and it is absolutely epic. You know, the, somebody else had uh, another critic had stated that this was, of course, the first but the best of the films that those two did together, uh, because it absolutely is. I mean, when I look back, and I mean, I love Godzilla yeah. vs Kong because you see two movie titans throwing down. I love Freddy versus Jason, the fight scenes. You know, everything else oh, like, yeah. I got rid of. You know, I love that, but none of those, even Godzilla vs. Kong, I don't think holds a candle to this movie. Seeing these horror icons go toe to toe, because oh, no, yeah. it is just masterful from the word go and doesn't stop. And the, I, the both of them play the the roles perfectly. I mean, and Karloff just with his look, there's just scene. I mean, when he walks yeah. into a room, you're just <laughs> like. Ugh. You know, chills down your spine. Doesn't dude doesn't have to say a freaking word. Oh yeah, it's just that look. Just, it's just yeah, that look. on his face. Like you know, the, the you know the next morning after they first get there that night, Vetus is in the room talking to Joan, wanting to check her you know her bandage and stuff. And then Yalmer walks through the door, doesn't say anything, and you, and she instantly like takes her yeah. clothes and and like like closes herself clo you know like shows no skin because yeah. she's instantly yeah. terrified of this man oh yeah i mean yeah. he just has that look of just he's just evil where vetus is like you know he's the guy that you want to root for because he's been in prison for 15 years and this guy has t you know who was his friend before who killed ten thousand soldiers took his wife and daughter you want to root for him but then as the movie goes on you realize that vetus can be and does become just equally yeah. as evil equally yes, as ruthless he's just as like your man he's just as evil oh, and ruthless yeah. as he uh, oh yeah because when he's when yeah. he's got him up on that embalming table and he's like have you ever seen an animal get skin alive he's smiling at that moment, like he is, that, that's almost a, well, a, yeah. it, it, well, a even joy. In the, even him. in the beginning, they're on the train in the very beginning, and and Joan and Peter are asleep, and he reaches over and rubs her hair. Yeah, and I'm thinking, wait, wait, who is this dude, man? <laughs> wait, wait. Yeah, what is going on, on here? Prior, yeah. he sees the bag about the fall and saves Joan. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, it's yeah. like, oh, he's a good dude. Yeah, and, yeah, and he's rubbing her hair. And he's like, yeah. dude. <laughs> Well, I don't know about this man, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, wow. The acting was, I mean, and and the 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 guys who played Peter and Joan, even the servants, like everybody did a good job in this movie. The the lady who played Joan did a fantastic job, you know. And the guy who plays Peter yeah. for the character he's supposed to be, he did a fantastic job. And so I don't want to knock any of the side characters because they all did great. But no matter how good they did. They don't. They're yeah. You're not gonna. You're not gonna yeah, outshine. Yeah, yeah. You just Lugosi and Karloff. Nothing nope. matters. It's not you know gonna I mean? happen. I felt like, you know, especially yeah. when it came to that chess scene, I felt like I was going back to um, Ingman Berman's the the Seventh Seal. 
where Death and, and the, the main character, the Crusader, are sitting there uh, at the, the beach area playing that game of chess, and they can start going over his life. I'm like, dude, I don't need anything else. Put these two in front of a chessboard, and I'm back at the seventh seal. Like, I don't need to see another thing but them talk at this chessboard, and it would have been epic. Like, those two just, you know, I, I know there was some off-and-on issues sometimes between the two of them off-screen, and I don't know if that helped relate or help them deliver the contentment-type yeah. deal. But those two just, I mean, I wanted to see more of them. Like, yeah. especially like when they're playing chess, I wanted more of that. You know, I wanted to see what was going to happen when, you know, his rook takes his bishop or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? What else could those two say to each other? Yeah. Because their dialogue to each other throughout the film is spot on flawless. You never know what's going to happen, what's going to be said. And, dude, it keeps you on edge. I mean, it is. It's an uneasy film to sit through. And because of that, this may be the earliest film, time-wise, release-wise, that developed that stress factor. You know what I mean? That that makes things uneasy, that that turns a movie scary. Because, I mean, yeah, like Ruben said, we all have different definitions of horror, but the one key element to a successful horror film is what type or how much stress can you build? Whether if you're watching a movie yeah. that's just all about jump scares, you have to build that stress of the viewer to get them prepared to scare them with the next jump scare. Right. If you're watching something like Seven, you know what I mean that you need a you need oh, a, you need a longer <laughs> different form of stress to build that viewer in, or even yeah. Takashi Meek's Audition, which I think is one of the greatest films of all time. You know, to almost two hour runtime, it is the slowest movie ever. And if you listen or watch. Uh, interviews with Takashi about that movie, he did it on purpose. He made that movie so excruciatingly, painfully slow that it forces the viewer to, you get stressed. But you don't realize you're getting stressed. You're getting stressed. It's like, oh my gosh, is this going to go anywhere? I paid money to see this. Where is it going? And you get so worked up that the last five minutes of that movie, when the flip, the, the switch flips, it blows you out of the water completely. So the key to everything in a good horror film is how and how well and how you develop the stress of the viewer. And like Ruben, you stated earlier, it's so uneasy. So that stress building is constantly it happening is. throughout this movie. Yeah. And I think this is probably the first movie or the oldest movie I can think of that started that trend of this is how a horror is supposed to be. This is what you need to do. Okay, it's not going to be about shock and awe. You've got to... To you got somebody watching this, and you need to build them up to an expectation, stress them out in some way or another, and then hit them with the reveal. You know what I mean? And so by the time you get to that moment, because they give you little stress breathers, they're epic scenes. You know what I mean? What you know, the death of his daughter, the realization that that's his daughter, you know, things like that, where you get a little breather, but then you have to start building that stress again. But the moment it comes to that skinning scene. Oh yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it, mm. the, the, it mm -hmm. it's that's huge, and everything that you've been building up for for the last hour of the movie turns into one of the greatest film payoffs of all time. Because you, yeah, and you don't even see it. Yeah. You know, it's just it's off camera. Well, yeah, and well, it starts the moment those two walk into the room together. Oh, the at moment the very beginning. Oh yeah, that's where it starts and just works it, and you're just builds, 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 and it's yeah. It's I mean, to me, this is and for a, a monster movie show. Human characters can be the greatest monsters. And to me, I don't know that oh, there's yeah. a better film depiction of how monstrous we can be. Right. You know what I mean? Other than this. The only thing I can think of even close to this is a newer film. I'm pretty sure both of you guys have seen it. It's a Korean film called I Saw the Devil. Uh, if you saw that where the guy, uh, there's a serial killer. Oh, yeah. Him, yeah, I have. And yeah. the, the yeah. cop you know, goes after him. Um, that's probably the closest thing I could think to this is is how far, where's the line? What what where's the line that you cross to where, no matter how dark things get, you're still not a monster as a human. Where's that line at that you cross? And for for Carlos' character in this movie, that line was crossed decades ago. Yeah, he is the epitome of a of a, of, yeah. of a monster in yeah. this movie from the word go. Vetus is at the beginning is kind of towing that line already because he's there for revenge. He wants to know where his wife is, what happened. He was in prison for 15 years because of this guy. He's there for revenge. So he's already towing that line. 
But then as the movie progresses and things happen, you see him cross that line with the death of his daughter, you know, and it's to me, there's no better depiction of how monstrous humanity can be than this movie right here. You know, yep. and, and to boil it down to the two characters, you know what I mean? There's right. other movies about topics that are shows the monstrosity of mankind. But I mean, if you're watching a fictional film and you've only got two characters, there's no better monsters on film. I think than well, the original Kings of monsters yeah. than Dracula and Frankenstein monster himself, you know? So I can go on for yeah. a while, but I'll leave, I'll leave it at uh, that. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, the thing is though, with, 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 uh, and I'll just use Karloff in his example. You know, we have all these movies about serial killers and all that. Man, you insert Karloff in this, the, the way they had his makeup and everything, into, the, into any of these movies, and it's twice oh, as absolutely. terrifying. Because, I mean, any, just insert them. Insert them instead of Norman Bates in Psycho. Yeah. And you got, I mean, oh Dude. my goodness. Yeah. I'm like, man, yeah, Norman Bates is crazy, but he seemed like a normal guy. And I know sometimes for serial killers, you want everybody to think you're normal. But, man, to me, you, you insert someone like Karloff into anything any of these characters you know in any of these modern movies with his acting method and man it, it would oh it would instantly put, make the put movie him better put instantly him in the role of michael myers <laughs> you put him in the role of michael myers and you take yeah, that mask I mean, off oh man please put that mask back on like that mask is less terrifying <laughs> yeah. than face, you know just yeah. the way he can yeah emote yeah. on screen he is truly terrifying yeah um it's just i and i thought about that while watching the movie I said, man, this guy's just terrifying. Lugosi is too, but Lugosi was more—he's more. You just—he was a mad. He there was madness yeah, yeah, in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. Lugosi, Lugosi was more. There was madness in his eyes. With Karloff, you just saw. Yeah, soulless killer. He just looked yeah. terrifying. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. with Lugosi, the moment yeah. he opens his mouth, he his words terrify you. Oh like, yeah. It, like his, it absolutely yes, terrifies exactly. you. Exactly. Um, he he yeah he yeah and that I couldn't think of the word it just came to me madness versus just stone yeah. cold. Yeah, I mean it's, know, it's 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 the, it's the it's the wisecracking Freddy versus this the unstoppable monster that Voorhees is. You know what I mean? Like oh, that's yeah. what those two were. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There you go. That's yeah. a good example. Too. I mean, absolutely yeah. epic film. There's yeah. there's nothing else I I could grant forever. So I'm gonna leave it at where it is. It's stomp down time. All right, and overall, this movie got four and a half stomps from us. I mean, I'll be honest, you got a straight five from me, uh, four and a half or four from the other guys, uh, which make it a four and a half. We, everybody needs to watch this movie. Oh, de most definitely. Yeah, most like, definitely. It, it is. Uh, I mean, I would put this above. I mean, I'll put this in the category of like this is to me, even though it's it's kind of harder to find, which is, is a terrible um, tragedy to cinema, in my opinion. Um, I mean, you can find it out there, definitely, but it's not as well known as, you know, Dracula or Frankenstein or the mummy or, you know, even newer horror. Uh, to me, I think this is, you know, if there's a list of 100 movies you have to watch before you die, this is on that list for me. And it's pretty high up on that list because I don't think there's yeah. anybody who could watch this and not walk by going, holy cow, that was an unreal ride of a movie. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. It'll, just, a, it'll blow a, you th away. This, this, is the, this is the foundation of of what, what you know of horror movies what they are today i think this the psychological part and all that th this kind of laid the foundation and said this is what a serial killer should be like yeah this is what you know a madman should be like this is what you know it's just i mean i bet if if, if you, you would talk you know to anybody and, and anybody who's done horror i guarantee you've seen this movie you know, and if not, they should before they go into a movie to act. Because if they go see this movie before, you know, let's say Nick Castle didn't have any words, but you know what I'm saying? If he saw this movie, he says, okay, I, here's my baseline. This is where I'm going with it. Uh, uh, it's just, it's just incredible for me to, to watch these two on screen. Uh, yeah. It leaves me speechless. That same here, man. I mean, every every time I've watched this, I don't know how many times I've watched this movie. Uh, to be honest, because like I I watched it earlier today. I watched it last night. Like I watched this movie. I love this movie. It is so so good. Um, 
that I can I cannot recommend it enough. It's one of the few films that we've done so far that I've I've personally have given it a five. I highly recommend this to most people. You haven't handed out a whole lot of fives. And, no, yeah. no, and we're talking you know, yeah. uh, Alien. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, uh, Family Opera. I, like, I I don't even think you can count them on one hand, right? Yeah. Maybe yeah. five. Yeah, maybe uh, five. If yeah. if there's five of them, this is the fifth one. Yeah. You know, the original Godzilla. Yeah. You know I mean, so I mean, I put this movie on par with those movies. It's just, it is, it is the epitome of, to me, classic horror cinema. You know, I mean, I love Dracula, Frankenstein, but when it comes to true classic horror of the '30s, this was kind of the underdog. I mean, it was the biggest film of the year uh, for Universal, but I mean, it's not as popularly known as the as the Universal monsters. To me, this was the epitome of yeah. the Universal for the '30s. Exactly. So. Yeah. Anything else, guys? Yeah. No, that's good no man. Just I, just go out and watch yes. it, man. If you're a horror go, fan, go a monster watch fan, it. you know this one. This one's one. This one's one you have to watch, and I think it'll clarify a lot of things for you on modern horror too. Yeah, I think it's a history lesson. I, I agree. And if you can't find it and you're listening, you can't find this movie. I want you all to see it so bad. Message me, and I will make sure you get it one way or another. Oh, somehow, that's awesome. So that you guys can watch this because yeah. this is an epitome film. And it, and again, aside from all this, the you know the horror aspects and and the, and the quality of the film and that it's, dude, it's again this was before Godzilla versus Kong. This was before Freddy versus Jason. Before Rocky and Drago. This was the true kings of horror. The true movie icons going toe-to-toe for the first time on screen and it's a sight to behold all in itself so yeah all right guys well hopefully you guys enjoyed it uh our special kickoff for halloween episode and of course uh, again check out join the, the group online and uh check out the monster movie stomp down monster cards we again will be releasing one every day this upcoming week promoting uh, the halloween episode which of course is mark's pick of Pumpkinhead phenomenal movie i love this movie gavin actually was like dad can i watch it with you i'm like no <laughs> you were not watching this movie because he kept thinking it was like a monster with like a pumpkin for a head and i'm like uh, no dude no. To- totally not he's called pumpkin, no. he's, he's called pumpkin <laughs> patch you know grave gravesite and, and then i had it pulled up and, and i had a picture of a pumpkin head on the phone because i was looking some, some things up on it and he's like what is that that's scary. I'm like, that's Pumpkinhead. He's like, oh, no. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you no, ain't no. that one, man. No way. So, um, uh, But I'm pretty pumped. And again, Pete, as you're listening, not saying it yet, because we're going to tell you all what we're doing on the Pumpkinhead episode itself. We're going to do something really cool, really special. And if anybody's going to figure it out, it's going to be Pete. If he doesn't figure it out, I will have successfully driven that man insane. Well, so he's he's already working on it. Yeah, yeah, we know he's working yeah, on he's it. He's already so. messaged me about it, and um, <laughs> so uh, he's trying to figure it out. So we will see, Pete. If you, Pete, I'll tell you this: if you can figure it out, what it is, I will. You will receive a prize. You what we what we Whoa. experience. Yeah, that's Whoa. a challenge. What we experience and go through for this episode. That's going to be the surprise for it. I will make sure and send you a copy as well. Um, and hey, so does he have to notify hey Pete, you prior? Hey Pete, I'm available for briberies, man. Yeah. Briberies. <laughs> I'm available. <laughs> Don't listen to it. So yes, Pete. Okay. So before the episode releases, yeah. before we will, we the episode will sell releases, him out, Pete. We will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> will. The right dollar amount, we'll take. <laughs> Those are the co-host, the, the co-host I got. They'll throw me under the bus real quick. So all right, Pete, <laughs> right away. The, the Halloween Kick episode backs. comes out Saturday, the thirtieth. Okay. So Pete. 30th is the cutoff line. If you cannot figure it out and message me and let me know by the 30th, um, then you don't win. But if you do, I'll send you a prize. Okay. I will send you what, what we three are going to experience. I will send to you, Pete. So, all right. Well, guys, again, thank you all so much for listening. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode. Please check this movie out. We promise you, you there's no way you'll be disappointed by it. Make sure to check out all of our buddies' shows that you heard about earlier in the episode, and then we'll see you back here in a week for Halloween with Pumpkinhead. This is Sludge. And Mark. And Ruben in Texas. Y'all have a good night. Right now. <laughs>